Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Okay, what I'd like to do first is read uh, verses 11 to 20, and then we'll go back and pick it apart. So Acts 19, beginning with verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the internate Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. The title of tonight's message is Supernatural. Did you know right now I'm looking at supernatural beings? You're all supernatural. You were created by the hand of God as a little baby inside your mom's womb. And then you came out and then you grew over the years. And you are eternal creatures. That's pretty supernatural. Throughout Bible history, they say there are three special periods of miracles. One was in the time of Moses. The second was in the time of Elijah and Elisha. And of course, the third was in the time of Jesus. They say that the total number of miracles that were recorded during this time of history is less than 100 combined miracles. But remember that Jesus did many things that if everything that Jesus did, all the books in the world could not hold it. However, I believe we see miracles every day. Like I said, I think I'm looking at miracles right now. People walking around, 
breathing, their heart beating, creation, conception, people coming to the Lord, people being healed of illnesses and sickness. I think we see miracles every day. I think we see miracles just seeing you and you seeing me. I think when we go out and smell fresh air or see the rain or the sunshine, it's all the hand of God that he's just blessing us. Miracles purpose. God performs miracles to show his compassion for people. He uses miracles to teach a spiritual truth. He used miracles during the time of Jesus to show that he was the son of God and to show his authority was God's. And that same authority was given to his followers. You know, any Sunday, any Wednesday, any day, people could just be talking or listening to a message and God could heal you. He could heal somebody right now, listen on the internet or right here in this church. And we may never know about it unless that individual person said something about it. Because it's not the individual that's doing the healing. It's Jesus. It's all about Him. Miracles must be tied to the message of God's Word. And there's salvation that comes from that particular miracle. In Acts chapter 5, well, let me get back to that. I'll go back to that later. Let's look at verse 11. Now, God worked unusual miracles. Notice that word unusual. By the hands of Paul, so that even the handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And then the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Boy, I think of that right away of relics, how people get relics blessed and that they feel that those relics had some, have some magical power. I remember being over in Israel and they were saying there was a, this was a slab. They had the slab in the church, I believe it was, of the Holy Sepulcher maybe. that They had a slab and people were putting cloth on it. They were putting their medals on it because they thought that was where Jesus had laid before he was resurrected. Well, when you see what we're seeing here, you see it, I think we saw it earlier in the book of Acts, where Peter's shadow was cast and people were being healed. Well, it wasn't Peter and it wasn't Paul. And it wasn't Mary if she was around. But what it was was Jesus Christ. And as we look at this particular thing, let me just go back to Paul. Paul was a tent maker by trade. So when he wasn't preaching, he would be making tents. And if you remember, Priscilla and Aquila were also tent makers, and they hung out together. They had a business together in Ephesus. And Paul would wear a sweatband. He would have it on a leather apron as he was doing his business. So what were happening, people were taking these, and when they had them, people were being healed. But You might be saying, well, Pastor Vinny, what's going on? Why is this happening? You have to understand what's going on in the culture in Ephesus. It was the center of the occult. There was supernatural evil going on. Jesus loves this world and the people in it so much 
And you know this, he'll meet you where you are. He knows what will get your attention. What gets your attention might not get someone else's attention. So these sweatbands, sanctified sweat, I guess, right, for, from Paul's brow, um, and the apron were just concrete symbols. They were physical symbols of God's power that he was giving to his apostles during this time in history. The object itself had no power. And if we look at verse 15, it says, So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter, this is going back in Acts 15, that the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. So that was in Acts 5, 15 to 16. So there's where a shadow of Peter was healing people. The sanctified sweatbands of Paul and his apron. God was using those objects to heal people in a culture where they believed that little statues and things sold in their pagan temples would heal people. So what God was doing, he was getting the attention of these pagan people. Very similar, if you remember, Moses with the plagues. What was Moses doing or what was God doing through Moses with all the miracles? Turning the water red, all the frogs, all the, all the gnats, all the darkness. God was using the gods of the Egyptians, to get their attention. And we know some of the Egyptians came to believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we know also that some people, like Pharaoh, hardened their hearts. They rejected the supernatural work of God. Again, the occult. When the Antichrist comes on the scene here on this earth one day, and many of us believe it's very, very close with all the satanic things that are going on. Right here in our public schools, there's satanic things going on. Antichrist things are being taught our kids. Things that are blatant sin in the Scriptures, both in the Old and the New Testament. Satan is showing more and more of himself. It's right in our face now, isn't it? We don't have to guess about it anymore. Well, in Ephesus, it was very similar. The occult, witchcraft, sorcery was all over the place. So God now is demonstrating His power right in the pit of hell. He is doing the same thing right here in the United States. He's doing it all over the world. People are coming to Him in great numbers, even though the world is getting darker and darker. Remember, Satan tries to duplicate God's miracle because he's a deceiver. But the sad thing is the unsaved don't know the difference between the things of God and the things of the enemy. That's why it's important for you and I to always know our playbook, our strategy book. He shows us 
And it's very easy for a follower of Christ to distinguish those things that are of God and those things that are of the devil. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, it says, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. You know, as I said, the occult is all around us today. And many people, young and old, are introduced to the occult through horoscopes, through Ouija boards, through tarot cards, through cartoons, through movies, through video games. Remember, Satan is an angel of light, so he'll use anything that on the surface seems okay or attractive to get a hold. And he's going to keep doing that more and more and more. One of the greatest devices Satan uses is right here. This is where he tries to hook you. And he's done a great job with that. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 to 12, it says, When you enter the land that God your God has given you, don't take on the abdominal ways of life of the nations there. Don't you dare sacrifice your son or your daughter in the fire. Don't practice divination, sorcery, fortune-telling, witchery, casting spells, holding seances, or channeling with the dead. People who do these things are an abomination to God. It's because of just such abominable practices that God, your God, is driving these nations out before you. I put up a different version to break down some of the words that are in the New King James Version to help you understand a little more some of the things that were going on with the occult there. Thank you. That's awesome. In verse 13, then some of the inter-preachers or Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. When I first read this, I thought these were phys ed teachers. I said, do I know these guys? Am I related to these guys that are exercising these people? But no, they weren't doing physical exercise. This was exercising, driving demons out of people. And these were Jewish exorcists that would travel the land. They would go around, and this would be how they would make their money. They would be getting paid to do this. So this is a very interesting part of Scripture here where the Jewish exorcists did a very unusual thing. They were calling on the name of Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Even though they didn't know Jesus, they were using his name because they were seeing what was happening with Paul when he called on the name of Jesus. So verse 14 says, Also there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. So before I go on, it's so crucial today because as we get closer and closer 
to the rapture of the church and then the second coming of Christ, there are going to be a lot of phonies that come out using the name of God and using the name of Jesus to try to trick people into following their way. But there is only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we know that no man, woman, boy, girl goes to the Father except through Him. But it's not only the name of Jesus. It's the Word of Jesus. It's the Holy Scriptures that He sent to us. It doesn't matter if churches use the name of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter. If they're not a church of the Word of God, get out of that church. They're not honoring the God of the Bible. And there are more churches that do not honor the Word of God that, than that honor it today throughout the world. Okay, so verse 15. And the evil spirit answered and says, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Okay, let's stop there for a second. This is an amazing thing. In the literal translation, it says, Jesus I know and Paul I am acquainted with. But who are you? Did you ever think, and I never thought of this till studying this, did you ever think about how Satan and his demonic army look at you? Do they know you? by name, like they knew Jesus and Paul? Or do they not have to be concerned with you because you're following the demonic way anyway? They already got you. They don't have to pay attention to you. We got them, or we got her. But I believe, as I look into the audience tonight, that they know your name. Because they see God Himself living in you. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And they don't want to mess with you. The problem is many times we don't realize that we have the power that we have under the authority of the name above all names, Jesus Christ. Amen? So, verse 15. And the evil spirit answers and said, I, want to, I love this part again. I've got to read it again. Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? You know, they knew Jesus by experience and interaction with Him. They knew Paul because they saw that he was doing things in the name of Jesus. They had him when he was a Pharisee before Damascus, before he, Jesus appeared to him. They had him. He was under the law. He was just spouting the law. He was one of those guys holier than thou when, when uh, the Jewish people saw him. Oh, oh, look, there goes Paul. He's so holy. Nah, he was a whitewashed sepulcher, as the Bible says. He was full of dead man bones. God doesn't look at the outward appearance, right? He looks at the heart. Verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. 
when you mess with demons and you don't stay on, on the side of the Lord, you go away empty and ashamed and embarrassed. Because God has an abundant life for each one of us. And Satan tries to trick us into saying that I have more than Jesus Christ has given you. Satan and his demons want to steal from you. They want to kill you spiritually and literally. They just want to destroy you, everything about you. They want to leave you spiritually bankrupt, spiritually dead, no life for God. They don't want you to have any life for God. Not even this much. And they want to break you down. They want to just push you down into the dirt. Verse 17. This became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Well, praise God. God used their own... Uh, witchcraft and sorcery against them. He got their attention by the sweatbands and the apron of Paul, of Paul. He got their attention. But then, it went beyond that. Because now there was a demonic spirit in a person. And God used this demonic individual or the individual with the demon in them, to show that this was no magic spell. That the supernatural was real, and that there's only one person that can get a demon out of a person, and that is Jesus Christ. And those who are under the authority of Jesus Christ. I remember there was a young guy in our basement who we befriended, we were witnessing to for a, a month or so. And all of a sudden, as we were talking, it almost like a, there was a glaze that came in. He just started speaking stuff that wasn't part of the normal conversation. I remember saying to him, in the name of Jesus, leave him alone. And I quoted the guy's name, but I'm not going to say that now. In the name of Jesus, leave him alone. He continued in his regular conversation. I believe that Marie and I were in the presence right there of a demon. But God said, Vin, just say my name and go on with your conversation. Supernatural is real. So God has everybody's attention now in Ephesus. And notice, remember what I said before, miracles will lead, the miracles of God will lead people to salvation. And we see that here in the end of uh, verse 17. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified as a result of this miracle of the exercising of the demon. Verse 18, And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. The tense of the verb here in this passage indicates that people kept coming. They kept confessing and they kept revealing their secret sins. So they were getting saved, but what happened is they kept coming. So let's just say they confessed their sins, they received Jesus, but they were going back home 
and getting some, and we're going to read that in a second, they were getting some of their witchcraft manuals and their sorcery manuals that they were still on the table. And the Holy Spirit was convicting them to bring those things that were still in their life and get rid of them. You know, one thing, if you're not growing as a Christian, I believe that God always wants to reveal to you those things that maybe you're holding on to that are keeping you from growing in Jesus Christ. You're saved, but you're stunning your growth. How much do you want to mature in Christ? Are you satisfied where you are in Jesus right now? I know I'm not. And that's a pursuit that, uh, as Heather's saying, that I want that, I have that desperation to keep growing and keep learning and keep teaching and keep being used by God until I see Him face to face. May we all have that desperation, right? The need of God every single moment of every single day. Magical spells and formulas, they no longer, because that was their life, these magical formulas or magical spells and formulas. This is what they lived on. This is what they talked about. This is what they exchanged with each other, but they didn't exchange the secret mysteries of the occult. They held on to that. Now what's going on here? Because of the work of the Holy Spirit, they're getting rid of those secrets. They're not holding them on onto them anymore. They no longer wanted to be under the power of Satan. They wanted to be under the power of God. They wanted to be under the power of Jesus and His Holy Spirit. Hopefully we're all in that place. Verse 19. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. It was an open burning of the books. They just wanted to get rid of all these occultic books. Wouldn't it be great today if we saw all age people taking their Ouija boards and burning them taking their any kind of witchcraft books, taking any kind of video games that are, are cult-based, taking Disney movies that promote the sorcery and throwing them into a fire, just getting rid of them, saying, our Lord is Jesus Christ. We're not going to be guided by things that are not of God. Continuing on. When someone repents, or heads, repent means head in the opposite direction, they let go and destroy those things that gave Satan a foothold of controlling them. I pray right now that if anyone here or on the internet, there's something that Satan still has that he's holding on you, that stronghold, that that would be broken in the name of Jesus Christ right now, that you would be freed to be the child of God, the daughter of God, the son of God, that he died on the cross and rose from the dead for you to be. As we continue in verse 19, and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That's millions of dollars today. That's how valuable those 50,000 pieces of silver were. And as a result of this repentance, of people giving their, their old life over to Jesus. They became new creatures in Christ. Just like you. Just like me. And what happens when you do that? 
when you give your life over to Jesus? Verse 20. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. You know, as people confessed their sins and got rid of their secret sins, the word of God kept growing. The churches grew. The home churches grew. Crowds were following and wanted more. They were desperate for God's word. And God's word prevailed throughout most of Asia. Power was demonstrated by extraordinary deeds. Lives were changed. You see, the Jewish priest will cast out demons. We just read about this priest and his sons. They didn't know Jesus. They didn't know him. In his exorcism, you know, if it worked, it would have really discredited the name of Jesus because he didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, him or his sons. You need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Each of us. We need to get to know Jesus better. We need to talk to Him daily. We need to sing songs of praise to Him. We need to read His Word. God used this to defeat Satan and bring conviction to believers who were involved in magic and witchcraft. He magnified His name and caused the Word of God to spread like wildfire. You know how God uses people once they're surrendered to Him? It's like wildfire. Things just happen that are out of the ordinary. You know why? Because it's supernatural stuff. You can't buy it. You can't conjure it up. It's the Holy Spirit working in you and through you to touch other lives. I love the part in in this where people kept coming and kept confessing. People kept admitting their sins and sharing how they were still holding on to secret sins. So important to have an accountability partner. Girls with girls, guys with guys. Someone that you know you can trust. And that only comes through relationship. People can get hurt if you trust somebody too soon. Pray for an accountability partner if you don't have one. They repented of these sins. And we see that in the burning, the physical burning up of material. That means it was destroyed in their heart, in their mind. They didn't want to have it anymore. Remember Pastor Lloyd, when I was first uh, um, going to Calvary, I said, Lloyd, what do we have to do to keep growing in the Lord? And, And Lloyd said, just be vicious with your sins. Be vicious with it. Boy, this was a great object lesson, wasn't it? Being vicious, burning it, just seeing it, the, the fire. Think of all 50,000 uh, uh, silver pieces worth of material. Must have been the, a great bonfire, you know? So what secret sins are we holding on to that prevents Jesus working stronger and more evident in our lives? The Holy Spirit is showing us right now, or you individually right now. Lord, dear Holy Spirit, just show us in the name of Jesus anything that we need to get rid of and destroy. We just lay it at your feet right now. Fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. 
In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. As I close tonight, I want to emphasize the bottom, the last four, uh, five words, according to his will. Not according to your will or my will. It doesn't matter what we want. Lord, let me live according to your will. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for your word. We just love you, Lord. If there's anybody here or on the internet that is still um, doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, we just want to say a prayer. You know, you just have to admit that you're a sinner like all of us and just ask God to forgive you. That's why he went to the cross. So I'm going to pray if there's anybody out there who wants to come to Christ. Just say this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross for me and shed your blood for me. Jesus, I want to turn from my lifestyle and follow you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Do that supernatural work in my heart to love you more, to follow you harder. Make me desperate, Lord, after you. And if you're someone here or at home that feel that even though you're a believer and you're born again by the Spirit of God, but there's something holding you back. There's a secret sin or there's a habit that's just preventing you from following the Lord. Please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, there's a stronghold in my life and you know what it is. I confess it. I admit it to you right now. Set me free. Break that chain. Forgive me. Jesus, thank you for your death, your resurrection. Fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Give me the strength to move forward and not look back. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. If you said that prayer, there's a number on the screen. If you're on the internet, and just call it. We'll send you a Bible and some material to get you started in your exciting walk with the Lord. If you're here, just come up afterwards and we'll get you a a bag with a Bible and some material in it. But how about right now we just supernaturally praise the Lord. What do you say? Amen? You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossroads. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by 
going to www.cccrossfields.org where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless.